Hello? Hello? Hey y'all, my name is Phoebe Hunt and you've tuned in to Listen First. This is my podcast where basically I'm going to dissect songs that I just wrote with some of my best friends here in Nashville. Over the past 15 years of traveling around and playing my songs, I've met some incredible songwriters. Some of them are established artists that you've probably heard of, and some of them are up and coming, just like myself. Each episode, I'll take the recording and dissect what was happening in the mind of the songwriter. You'll hear the mistakes and the thought process behind finding the perfect line or the perfect rhyme. Now, because these songs are not yet commercially released, you can really only hear them exclusively here. You can't download them, you can't share them with your friends, but you can invite your friends to listen first with you. And hey, one of these days, one of these songs might end up as a huge hit, and it would be wonderful to have shared the experience of the first listen with you. Thanks again for tuning in to listen first. Hello, and welcome to episode eight of Listen First. Today, the song we're going to feature is something I wrote with Rachel Bayman, and we actually wrote it on Instagram Live right when this coronavirus hit. So it was an experiment for us in writing in front of other people and also with the people that were watching. And it was really incredible. And we ended up writing this kind of meta song where we talked about the transformation of an artist from someone who needs validation on a stage to someone who is able to create without that validation. And it's called Who I'm Meant to Be. So I hope you enjoy and you'll hear our conversation and then you'll hear our a little draft of our song, Who I'm Meant to Be. I hope you enjoy. Hey, girl. Hi. Sorry, I'm just checking on my headphones. Can you hear me? I can hear you, and just so you know, I just pushed record, and our okay, call cool. is being monitored. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. By Listen First listeners. <laughs> Yay. Hello, hey. Listen First listeners. Yeah. I just have been going with this idea of a podcast for people who are interested in, like, getting the behind-the-scenes experience on, like, the process of writing a song. And I feel like with you... <laughs> We already gave the entire behind-the-scenes experience. We sure <laughs> did. We wrote the song on Instagram Live. But that was a special way to write a song. Yeah, I had never done that before, and mm-hmm. we've talked a little bit about it, but I figured we could share a little bit about that process we've experienced um, totally. here and just see if you have anything you want to say about that process or what it felt like to write together on Instagram Live. Or yeah, like I was surprised actually at how easily we, or at least I felt that I got into the flow of it and stopped worrying about people watching me or hearing my ideas, even though people were still giving input. So I knew they were there, but 
I definitely got to a point where I wasn't worrying about it pretty quickly. Yeah, I think it was like the elephant, the ele- it wasn't the elephant in the room because we were, the song ended up being about that. <laughs> that is so true and really interesting. I wonder if we wrote about that because we were experiencing it at that moment. I mean, it all has to, I'm sure it's all connected in some yeah. level. Like we were processing the fact that we were being watched and yeah. then we were deciding whether or not that mattered to our creativity and that ended up entering into the realm of what we wrote about because we wrote about like our song ended up being about the perspective of an artist who wants validation and seeking external validation through shows and being able to be on the road and where we're used to performing all the time and getting that nightly validation from an audience that has shifted to the internet because of the stay-at-home, shelter-in-place stuff, and how now, like, seeking approval from a virtual audience can, like, then take that place, but then we just, I, I feel like the song then evolved into a place of, why do we need approval at all for our creativity? Can the creativity just flow because it's there, and does the creativity serve a deeper purpose than validation? It was all, like, one big meta social experiment (laughs) very meta writing about what we were doing as we were doing it but I think also being in the corona world where we can't play shows has moved that whole experience of connecting with an audience to the internet which is very different and makes the the validation piece more evident or like more in front of your face yes because it's the only thing in front of your face if you're looking at yeah. your screen. <laughs> yeah, and if it's it's the only way you can, like, really communicate your music. I think with live shows, you there's just the joy of playing that everyone can experience the energy of music being created, and you don't need people to just immediately be like, that was great, I love that song. But when you're playing on the Internet, you need people to be like, great, love that song. <laughs> Right, because you don't hear any applause. You don't hear any applause, but there's just no, they're not sharing the space with someone, too. You can't really feel the energy happen. So it's really weird. I have felt that on, like, I did some Facebook Live shows with Dom early on, and I think we're going to keep exploring that realm. And I find myself asking people for hearts. Can you just give us hearts? That would let us know that you heard the song and it was over. I know. It's so weird. Put your finger on that heart button. That's all we ever want. Give us the love. But where music is like an offering of love too. When you're playing music, you're putting out the love. And I think there is, without that feedback there is a feeling of giving and not knowing if it's being received or not receiving yourself but being live on Facebook I have actually felt that yes definitely interaction that that like circle of connection because people comment back and it usually is like people that I really there's a lot of people that I know that show up on those things and I'm like wow I actually can't believe that like Phil Davis, you would listen to this. You're watching. Right oh, now. Phil Davis. Of course, Phil Davis is watching. Or my yeah. I've been thinking a lot of giving, and sometimes I feel like when you're, because of the current nature of being an artist, you have to be constantly promoting yourself and pushing yourself. 
And sometimes it feels like you're not giving, you're like asking for things all the time. Watch me, listen to me, buy my thing. And sometimes it's hard to forget or it's easy to forget that you are giving something to people. And sometimes I get feedback from someone and I'm like, oh, wow, I forgot that I actually am helping someone through their day or brightening someone's day. And I think that the whole nature of this pandemic has been really hard for that because you feel like nothing, literally nothing happens unless you create it. I can get a little bit like sad about feeling that I'm pushing rather than giving. Mm, There's such a nuance in that. (laughs) The tiniest slight nuance and there's an element from what you're telling me right now. I feel like there's an element of honoring your true self. If we acknowledge that creativity that's coming to us is a gift in the first place. Yeah. Like it was a gift when we received it. And then the fact that we're sharing it with someone else is now a second layer of that gift. Like it was a gift to me and now it's a gift from me to you. And now here we are on the material plane of existence and the way you can express reciprocity to me for sharing that with you is like through this energy of finance, right? Because then I can continue creating and I see that like someone else received it and appreciated it enough to share their energy with me. Yeah. So if we have, if we can acknowledge that the gift, the music that's coming through us is a gift to us first. And then it's a gift to anyone else who wants to hear it. And that possibly it's actually serving their life in a way that, and it's it, without being like ego, like I'm changing someone's life, but like this thing changed my life. Like me receiving this song actually changed my life because yeah. it helped me to receive and realize something about myself that I didn't know. And because it came through me, maybe others can also feel that same benefit by receiving it too. Yeah, and I think about all the music that I love to listen to that has really made me feel inspired or excited or changed my perspective on something and how much I appreciate those songs that other people have written. And I just try to keep that in mind when I get like dark about it. How do you communicate with people in a way that you feel like you're giving rather than asking for things? Thank you. That's such a great question. I feel like well, I think you're oh, very good at it. So I will. I, oh. I'm, I want to know your yeah. I feel what I was just saying is the mindset that it comes from. Yeah. Like first, it starts. It all start, Everything starts with a mindset. If I yeah. feel like I'm just trying to ask and take and ask and take, then I will be. But if I really, truly, down deep in my heart, know that like what I'm sharing is something that's sacred then I know it's a gift. And then all the framing around it goes into that. And actually, I just made a workshop around this cool. <laughs> that I'm about to post on Patreon, too, because I was thinking about it, and it's about the layers of the heart. And just to synopsis it here, I feel if we realize that our art is, is art puts the art in heart. And so art is really like at the core of our heart. The art that we express out is like the most, I think, the most, profound expression of ourselves because it's what's truly coming from our heart if we don't have any filters on it. So we have to learn how to express from our heart without any filters. Mm-hmm. And then I, and there's a great teacher of mine named Vanessa Stone that teaches about the layers of the heart that are like emotional layers. And many people have 
filters and blocks because we're protecting parts of ourselves that want, that was hurt at some point, that we lost trust for the world in some way. And so we have these filters on our heart. But if we can become, listen to our heart through the lens of our heart, start seeing the world, the art that we're, that's coming from the most center place, then the second layer in this like exchange of sharing your heart with the world is I would say that out the beginning to frame the art and that second layer I believe is like the bio that you have to write on your page in your Mm. the writing about the art the first Mm. layer where you the PR like how you share your art with the world the story around the art Mm. how it came to you understanding that layer like and it's almost like I said, an artist has to be schizophrenic, be able to create the art, but then also write about the creation of the art itself, which is that second layer, because this is now, I'm introducing the world to my heart. Do you think that, like, artists always have to be able to write about it, or can that be someone else's job? I think that we give away our power. Unless the person that's writing about it is really willing to, is someone we trust so deeply and I think that I've never had I've had a great bio writer that I called up and we had a great interview and then that person wrote about my art which is in a way me allowing them into my heart and I gave them the interview which was that too so it can happen through an interview too that second layer like maybe you don't have to be the one who writes yourself but there is a link between you and the way that it's shared like whether it came from an interview like there is a story around whatever art you created. And that's what PR people are all trying to get at, your story. What's the story around this project? And so you can either write it yourself or hire someone else to write it, but either way there's a link between you and the way that's going to be presented to the world. And then I'd say that the third layer, there's really seven layers of the heart, um, according to Vanessa, and they're more subtle than this, but just to simplify it into three bigger ones, I'd say then the third layer is, like in this day and age, like social media. Mm. Like it's the Facebook post, it's the Instagram. It's like in marketing, they call it your magnet. It's the way that you're meeting someone on the internet that you've never met before in person, that you're bringing them into that second layer of your heart, inviting them to see your website, inviting them to see those bios that were written, inviting them into that second layer. And all of this is a process, like to, to pull someone using the law of attraction, essentially, into the deepest layer of your heart, which is your art, the music itself. And so there's these three layers, and if we can understand that there are these layers that we're drawing someone in towards our heart with, then it it takes away some of the stigma around it. Oh, I have to do all this other stuff just to share my music. It's actually, you get to frame yourself. You get to frame yourself to the world. You get to offer an invitation I think that's a really good, I think that, I think you make a really good point when you talk about how you can reframe that frustration. So if you can make it something that feels very genuine and feels like a true expression of yourself, then it will be, it will feel less of a chore because it will feel closer to meaning, the meaning of what's in your heart is what you're talking about. I feel like that's, and that's something that has taken me a long time to get to. It's not like, like, I don't, I I never, until recently, I really didn't like social media. I, I, all the same stigmas. Nah, it's, 
whatever. It's just yeah. a chore I have to do in order. There's a mindset, right? It all starts with the mindset around it. Oh, now we have to do this extra thing and create even more content. And yeah. what the heck? Is my music not enough? And But at the same time, it's like for for many years, I think artists, relied on this expectation that there would be some knight in shining armor that would come and do all the framing of their art for them, like a record label. Oh, someone else is going to just put a bunch of money into my art and time and writing, and they're going to create all the magnets that pull people to my music. But, like, when I also think of the bigger shift in society, if I'm, like, the patriarchal to the matriarchal, like, way of Mm -hmm. thinking, like, in a way an artist is giving their power away in order for someone else to do that part and Mm -hmm. losing the connection to their own art. Or maybe they just get to focus just on the music then. And there's some beautiful things about that too. But I feel if I see it through the lens of this is my duty to my own art and that I don't have to wait on some knight in shining armor or just pray (laughs) that conundrum works both ways. Yeah, I think with all the tools that are now at our fingertips, we've been given freedom, complete mm-hmm. creative freedom. Like, mm-hmm. Because I think part of the record industry, like framing your art for you, is that they really wanted to simplify it all down into like nuts and bolts. There are three genres, like rap, country, and you know, like they took it to the outermost layer of the heart. Now you have to fit your art into my box. Yeah, yeah, I'm a country record label, so I only do commercial country, and I frame it this one way. Yeah. If you want to be a part of my team, you're going to have to change your art to fit my mold of what yeah. art should be. But this other way is like actually framing all of the story around your art from the artists themselves, and it allows like every human being in the world to display their art to the world. It, totally. It's it definitely more democratic. Yeah, it I, I, it just makes everyone into an artist. Every single person has the power at their fingertips to frame their own story, share their creation with the world, and their unique talent. And if we just acknowledge that every one of us has unique talent to share and that there, it's not just like this quest for stardom, it's actually this quest for sharing what's at the deepest level mm. of my core and that music actually serves a bigger purpose than fame. So do you think that everyone should be a musician? No. I think everyone has a unique expression of creative energy. Mm, yeah, definitely. That some people's is painting or sculpting or archery mm-hmm. or cooking or writing a book. Yeah. Or it, I think there are also there are small nuances that I probably don't even realize are art, the art of marketing, the art of... That's true, yeah. The art of accounting. I don't know, like... There's probably art forms in the mathematical world and in the science world, like that, rather than framing that around this like old mechanical way of being, it could probably be shifted into an artistic expression of that gift. Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree with you that everyone has some way that they can express themselves creatively. And it's often, even in like corporate jobs, there's quite a bit of creativity involved. If, you are in the right place for you. If you're not just doing it for the paycheck. Yeah. And I think that's where, like, we've really, society in general, like, we shifted our motive to living. Yeah, <laughs> to be, totally. Being, like, uh, the whole reason to be alive is to earn a paycheck. 
and somehow that that paycheck allows you to have freedom, but often it actually shackles you. Many people, not you. Do you, think, do you think that with our millennial generation, I feel that the, it's really shifted to the whole reason to be alive is to be creative. And I think that frustrates the older generation. Do you feel that way? I feel like, yeah, there's a mindset shift in transition right now. Yeah. And yeah. I think that there's a generation that believes, like, that financial security and stability is essential to survival. Yeah. And I think that possibly it is like we've created this energy form called money and it's an exchange and it, it's to, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's possible to use your art to generate that and mm-hmm. to serve the world. And that if everyone was serving the world with their unique gifts, that all of the needs would be met and mm. we, we would find a way to transform the energy of money into into just into into the cycle of the flow of creative energy rather than mm-hmm. into this like weird power hungry I don't know like almost carrot that's dangled in front of us it, to be a part of the creative energy not like the end all be all yes yes I feel okay I, I have this thought which I was like writing about for a bit about how when you're working in an artistic career, the money becomes the means rather than the end because it's very much about just a cycle of if you make money, you're, you have the ability to make more art. And almost all the musicians I know are just trying to make that next album. Exactly. You know, where can I get the money to make that next album? It's never about how much money can I make off the album I already made. It's not that I'm trying to get rich so I can hoard money. It's so that I can continue to create. Exactly. Like all exactly. I want to be able to do is to sustain myself enough to continue to yeah. create. Yeah, and so it's a really interesting, it's like a totally different mindset than a normal profit-based industry where you're like, what are the margins where we can make the most profit off of our product and the and with an artist, I just need to exist in this space. How can I make that happen? Exactly. Yeah. That's, very I think that you just nailed the very like mindset transition, and perhaps artists already have tapped into that. And mm-hmm. because money is involved, and for the last maybe ten, five, ten years, artists have been like forced to create their own revenue for to to make their next art like platforms like Kickstarter and Patreon, like this platform right now, like is allowing us to continue creation, to have this conversation. Yeah. This conversation is made possible by people who think it's important enough to listen to. Yeah, totally. That's exactly the model that we're all like existing in right now. And that it gives them something, hopefully, that inspires them to then change their own life to become a creative expressor, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, Mm -hmm. this, very offering this very podcast is like a, an opportunity is being offered to anyone who's listening to take advantage of their own creativity or to like harness it to realize mm-hmm. that it is important that the, the ideas that come to you are special and unique and whatever comes is actually your gift to the world and you have the opportunity to frame it that itself could be something that like changes someone's perspective of their own reality and oh offers just another way of being or an idea into another world that they didn't realize existed before yeah definitely so sorry that's okay what's your doggy's name that's Hartford the dog oh yeah Hartford yeah 
I don't know what she's barking at right now. This is like been really each of these conversations I have no idea what's gonna happen on them call. <laughs> and that's the other reason I really like this podcast because I actually am completely out of control. Like, yeah, you have to <laughs> let it all go. Yeah, I, and I think everyone has been totally different. And you, because of who you are and the unique spirits that you are, Rachel, I get to collaborate with you. And really, this allows me to show off how cool my friends are. You know? Oh, that's super sweet. Well, I feel the same way. And just how insightful and like where these songs come from are these conversations. This yeah. type of thinking is where the music comes from. I would love to write a song with you right now because we just had this conversation. Yeah, and we had such a great conversation before we wrote that song as well. Totally. And what's our song called again? Who Am I Meant to Be? Yeah. It got pretty cool. deep. I think that really exemplifies this conversation too. Who Am I Meant to Be? Yeah. <laughs> So, I know. We're all just like trying to figure it out. Maybe with that, we should let everybody hear the song. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, baby. I'm so grateful for you, Rachel. And yeah, let's let them listen to Who Am I Meant to Be. All right. Cool. Bye. Is who I am who I ought to be Pacing the room digitally Paper cutouts of strangers accompany me Covering the mirror so I don't have to see If who I am is who I ought to be Is who I am who I want to be Four frozen walls closing Thanks for tuning in to Listen First. 
All of my Patreon subscribers act as a grassroots cooperative publishing deal for me and the other songwriters on this podcast. So if you like what you heard, please subscribe too. Thanks for listening first. To subscribe, just go to www.phoebehuntmusic.com slash podcast and click become a patron of Listen First.